Welcome to the Thrills and Chills podcast brought to you by ShareBird and Clue. This is a show about establishing product marketing, being the first product marketer, and the challenges they faced. I'm JD Prater. For the past decade, everyone was obsessed with finding a growth hacker. But now, product marketers are in high demand as companies realize their value. Startups are now asking, when should I hire a product marketer? Should my first marketing hire be a product marketer? A lot of folks want to be the first marketer, but only a few make the leap. They're the builders, the fixers, the risk takers. They embrace chaos. They're comfortable being uncomfortable. And this is a journey into their world. It's about sharing the thrills and chills of being the first product marketer at a company. Along the way, we'll meet some amazing people. You'll hear engaging stories about imperfect product launches, the challenges and nuances of everyday work, and the skills needed to succeed. And of course, fresh perspective of what it really takes to be the company's first product marketer. Before we meet our guest, we'll pause for a quick word from our sponsors at Clue. Meet Jen. She's selling her division's product to a savvy new prospect. And unfortunately for Jen, she's about to get blindsided. So that sounds great, uh, but your competitor just launched something very similar. Uh, How do you compare? Jen needs to move fast. With a few taps, she leverages up-to-date intel her product marketing team has curated with Clue. Later in the show, we'll hear more on how Clue helps reps like Jen win deals every day. Learn more at clue.com slash thrills. Today's guest is Greg Miller, head of product marketing at Zapier. Greg, talk to me about joining Zapier. Yeah, absolutely. I had never heard of Zapier, was completely unfamiliar with the market, the product. And so the way I came to Zapier was actually by knowing members of the leadership team. And most importantly, the CMO, Moody Glasgow, and I worked together at Glassdoor for a couple of years. And the hiring manager, the head of integrated marketing at the time, was also somebody who I knew really closely. So I had a lot of trust that if those types of guys were going to be working here, this was a place I at least wanted to learn more about. And as I learned more, it really just kind of blew me away about how good it fit it was for where I was trying to go with my career. So like the business fundamentals were awesome. They built a huge business, a profitable company with 400 employees in 30 countries worldwide with only ever raising a seed round of money after Y Combinator, which I'm sure is, you know, is fairly uncommon in the tech industry. (laughs) Especially in the Bay Area. That just said product market fit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So to be able to work on a product with that kind of product market fit, where the opportunity was not to paper over deficiencies in the product with a strong marketing story, but instead to tell this really strong narrative of value to a broader audience that hadn't heard of us before, was something that really piqued my interest. And then the other aspect of this job that really made it feel like the perfect fit for my career, was just about what I would get to do. The company was looking to reestablish the product marketing function, redefine its contribution to the company and scale it from one person to six people in 12 months. And this was something that I knew I wanted to flex into as I started to become more senior and, you know, seek out new challenges. All right. We got to dive in. Never hearing of the company. This is a fascinating, very fascinating. A lot of times (laughs) uh, I know in my own career, I've at least seen companies or 
heard of the company that I'm, I'm interviewing for. So I love, I love the fact that you, you knew the people you knew and had previously worked with them. So that's, a, I think, a great tip for anyone out there kind of listening. Make sure you utilize that network. That's an important, a very important piece. Yeah. And then I'm also just like astounded that they have grown to that level with only seed, 400 plus people, all of these countries with one product marketer right? I think too many times with product marketing, we're just like, <laughs> no, you can't live without us. How could you possibly establish product market fit? Or how did you get that messaging right? How, like, I don't know if you have any background into that. I would love to, if, if you yeah. do like that role and how that worked out prior. And then we're going to dive into it in a second or your time there and hiring some people. Yeah. And I do not mean to gloss over the really meaningful contributions of the product marketers prior to my joining, because they absolutely were a critical part of getting Zapier to where it is today and where it was when I joined the company. I think the difference was there were just a few different people who had rotated in and out of a role titled product marketing. At the time I joined, there was only one. And the scope of that role was very much kind of like the scrappy startup mode of product marketing, where you're very much a jack of all trades, jumping in where you're needed, you're writing copy, you're updating landing pages, you're putting together a little bit of messaging for a new product going out. But at times it could be so scrappy that it's a little bit reactive rather than thinking about the long view. And I think there's just a different aspect of product marketing that as you get to a larger stage company becomes a little bit more critical, which is, I think, the transition that they, they brought me in to help lead. Yeah, man, that's that's so fascinating. I'm just so impressed. Again, being in the Bay Area, you just don't hear of profitable companies and especially profitable companies with only a seed round. So, yeah. you know, kudos to the founders and all the execs and really all 400 people that are working to make that possible. I'm completely blown away by that story. With your own role coming in to leading and really like establishing this function, how did you know that you were ready for that? Yeah. My two prior experiences, a brief stint at Glint, which is now a subsidiary of LinkedIn, as well as a few years at Glassdoor, really paved the way for me to see this as the right level of risk, the right level of challenge, and just the right role. So when I was at Glassdoor, I was hired by essentially like a skip level hiring manager with an open head head of product marketing that they were going to hire after I joined the company. But as you and everybody in product marketing knows, hiring for product marketers can be really challenging. And that role stayed unfilled for maybe a year and a half after I joined, almost two years. And so for me, I was like just really eager, really thirsty to learn and grow. But nobody at the company had done product marketing before at a senior level. I just had a couple of peers on the team. And the initiative to go out and like network at the, you know, product marketing meetups in the Bay Area, talk to experts at conferences like the product marketing community, do a lot of due diligence and research online, and eventually put a line in the ground and explicitly define on paper what I thought the partnership between product and product marketing should look like, how product marketing can add value beyond, you know, the sales enablement and launching of products, and then not self-taught necessarily, but relying on, you know, the knowledge and expertise of the community, get to a spot where I was able to add value at a higher level way without having had that 
mentor who was coaching me as a, as a manager at the time. So for me, as I was thinking about what's next after Glassdoor, I really wanted to explore just what product marketing looked like at another company. And LinkedIn and Glint as well just have outstanding team of product marketers, really experts at go-to-market strategy. And I thought this was a place where, you know, I can learn from other people who have a ton of bench experience and really understand what pieces of this skill set I'm missing. However, after a few months there, I realized that I've actually missed a lot of that ambiguity, a lot of that challenge, a lot of that bleeding edge of the learning curve as experiencing at Glassdoor. And so Zapier just felt like the right fit for those reasons I mentioned earlier about really being able to establish the function, scale the team, and play a really strong leadership role in the marketing org. Oh, man. I feel like you and I are similar in that regard too. I mean, I find this even in my own, right? Where I'm starting maybe establishing product marketing and you're just kind of scrappy. I'm like trying to figure this out. I'm just like meetups. I'm reading ShareBird. You know, I'm trying to meet others, trying to network and you're just hanging on. I'm just trying to figure it out, right? (laughs) And then- It keeps you on your toes, doesn't it? (laughs) But eventually, I, I, I think you're right. You eventually, you're like, no, I need that mentorship. And you end up going to a bigger company where you can, where you really can like, like kind of rub elbows, hone and sharpen those skills. And at the same time, there is that trade-off, right? Of like, oh man, but now I want to do, I, I, I kind of want to go back and do this now. So I, I think that's a very common feeling from what I'm, from the interviews that, that we've all like have listened to so far on this podcast is there is something special about establishing product marketing and making it a function within an org. And I think it really is a type of person. And I think I I love this idea of what you were looking for, but able to accomplish. So that said, kudos. I'm glad, I'm glad you found it. Let's dive into what this last year has looked like. Outside of 2020 being 2020, let's talk a little bit about what were those kind of early challenges coming in as not only the second product marketer, but now like the head of product marketing? Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges when you're establishing a function or reestablishing a function is almost nobody knows what you do at the company. And you have to do this tricky tightrope walk of selling this vision of where you see the team growing into the role it can play at the company a year or two years, five years from now, while simultaneously still delivering on work that needs to get done. And so you need to be both like putting points on the board, but also building for the future at the same time. And I think a trap that can be tricky to avoid is only doing one or the other. If you're only focusing on what's the urgent, high priority project work, you never have the space to actually build out what that future vision looks like and make headway towards it. And if you only focus on the future vision, especially when you're at a fast moving startup like Zapier and others, people get impatient and wonder when you're gonna start you know, contributing and, and actually adding value to the company. So. I think that's definitely a very big one. I think a second one is 
you also need to build trusting relationships, especially with product and with sales. If you're at a company that has sales in order to get co-champions for that vision you're trying to build, because you really can't do it all yourself. You're going to hit walls. You're going to burn yourself out and you're going to start rubbing people the wrong way if you try and go it alone. So taking the time to really get to know people, build trust together and add value on that project work that you're doing so they can really respect the idea that you are going to take the team places then you have something new to bring to the company and then i mean there's a list on and on and on it could (laughs) go on but just one last one i think figuring out like what the definition of your vision for the team is is really it can be very intimidating because you're basically looking at a blank sheet of paper nobody knows what your team is going to be doing and you need to say Here's our charter. Here's the frameworks that we use when working with marketing, with sales, with product. Here's the cadence of our work throughout the year. Here's the process of how we lean in before launch with product and engineering and design to be partners with them to build for better product market fit. This stuff can be very exciting, but you also kind of need to chunk it out and you know take your time with it. And it's a really rewarding task, but one that has its perils too. (laughs) Oh, 100%. And I think you hit on one point I really want to call out is this going alone. And it it is interesting that you think I'm going to go heads down. I'm going to go, I'm just going to plow through this. I'm going to be this IC. Everyone leave me alone. (laughs) I'm not going to involve others' opinions or feedback. And I'm just going to unveil this amazing project and this amazing vision or charter, tenets, whatever it may be, but not taking other teams along and showing them yeah. the process, the drafts, the journey, getting their feedback and buy-in, it does rub them the wrong way. And I think that's something I've seen a lot of product marketers uh, make a mistake, especially going into a new company or trying to establish product marketing. I love that piece. Uh, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also if you're fortunate enough to be managing other product marketers as part of this process, your people really need you to be doing that also, because you can't enable their success if you haven't helped open doors with other teams and, you know, pave the path for them to play a bigger role, add more impact to the company. So yeah, I totally agree. It's just so critical. Now we'll pause for a quick word from our sponsors at Clue. Not a day goes by in sales that someone doesn't ask how your product compares. Earlier, a friend Jen dug herself out of a tight spot with Clue, the product marketer's platform for handling all things competitive. Clue helps product marketing teams collect intel from coworkers, Slack, emails, and the web, putting it all into one place that's always up to date and giving Jen the superpowers she needs when she needs them. Listen in at the end of this episode to hear how Clue empowers every team across the org with insights, something we call competitive enablement. Learn more at clue.com slash thrills. That's K-L-U-E dot com slash thrills. And then that first point too of evangelizing the role, everyone's (laughs) going to have this preconceived idea of what product marketing is, because that's the way it's always been, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's like, no, but this is the status quo. This this is a tactical, maybe it's, and I, what I've seen is tactical execution. You create yes. sales enablement. You do the blog <laughs> post for the launch that we just told you about last week, right? 
And you're yes. like, no, 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 no. I can do so much more. And I would love to dive into how do you change that? Like, I know this is more mm. of a like tactical question here, but it's something that yeah. all, people really are looking for answers for. I think that's the right question to ask. And I think it's arguably one of the hardest things any product marketer will have to do or kind of succeed at. The approach I have always used and had success at, I guess, three companies now with is don't try and do it all at once. Like have an idea of what the destination you're heading towards is. But if you try and come into a room with sales leadership or with product leadership and said, hey, everybody, guess what? We have product marketing 2.0 and now the world's going to work like this. Like you might get fired. You know, it's just not going to work. 100%. And if you're not fired, you're going to erode a lot of the credibility and good faith you have with any people in the company. So the approach that I have taken is like have that North Star in mind. Start small and start by picking somebody who really could be a co-champion of this with you rather than go to the CPO or chief revenue officer who's a sales manager or who's a product manager who is really receptive and interested in innovating in this new way of working together. And then how over the course of a quarter, can you deliver something meaningful and different? If you're with product, maybe you've developed a brand new way of beta testing an early stage development feature. If the person you're trying to do this with is in sales, then maybe it's about you know developing a new pitch deck that you're trying just on a couple of accounts. And then once you get that kind of recognition and trust from that one person, they can spread the belief in you and in the product marketing team to the rest of their organization. So ideally, you're, you're finding somebody who's not just receptive and really interested, but also, and I don't mean this cynically, but just it's important, somebody who has some influence in that organization and can really be your ally in helping take that next step towards your North Star definition of success. Oh, 100%. And those are the points on the board that you mentioned earlier, yes. right? And yes. so it all fits together. It all fits together. And, uh, you know, if you're listening and you're, you know, really trying to get these frameworks of maybe you're the first product marketer, or maybe you're looking at becoming the first product marketer, great framework and really think through these things because it's going to be crucial that your first 90 days. You're not only putting points on the board, but you're thinking strategic and bigger and taking people sure. along with you. So we kind of touched on these earlier challenges. You're a year now. The team is now five, six people. Yeah. So including me, it's five and five. it'll be seven soon. So we're continuing to grow. So what do challenges look like now with a, a much bigger team? You've, you've I'm going to say in the first year, you've, you've established it. So what does it look like now? Yeah. So I think after a year, you definitely transition into a new challenge. I think if you've been doing your homework and going about this carefully, you as the leader have at this point probably gained that credibility. People at your level are starting to understand the direction you're trying to take the team, but you've also grown the team and you're trying to get the people on your team to embody that vision, to navigate very ambiguous situations with their cross-functional stakeholders and counterparts, to bring some of these processes and frameworks to life in a space that maybe they've never done it this way before. And so the challenge becomes, how do you enable the success of others rather than being that evangelist yourself? How do you create the new evangelist on your team? And how do you also scale through them and stop being the person who's kind of 
out there like door-to-door salesmen trying to get the function established and instead focus on really expanding the, the impact that you can have with the more, more folks on your side doing this all together. So ultimately, I think that means a little bit of a different skill set, which is one of the things that makes product marketing so fun, right? It really asks so much of you in different ways. And I think this transition moment after a year, you really need to get into that uh, coaching skill set much more so than like maybe the driver, the person out in front skill set, like selling your work in the direction you want to take the team. Oh man, yeah, hundred percent. One question I wanted to ask too. So, what were you looking for in these headcounts? Like, what are their kind of roles within the company? And then the second piece to that is, what is like a good product marketer for you, right? I'm sure you had tons of candidates, and so I'd love <laughs> to dive into like the first part, like how did you know where to kind of place them, and then second, yeah, what care characteristics, hard skills, soft skills, were you looking for? Yeah, absolutely. I've built the team to reflect the relative prioritization of the business and where like certain just clusters of work tend to be happening. So we have a product marketer, for example, focused on like channel sales and agencies and experts that we're trying to enable. We have another product marketer focused on our SaaS partners, the people who are the lifeblood of Zapier, like AWS or Salesforce or Slack. And then we have another product marketer, for example, focused on the core customer audience. And then we also, and this is something I love that maybe might not be as common in product marketing. We've built a market and customer insights function within product marketing. Mm-hmm. So I hired a senior researcher who helps us develop net new strategic insights that enable the success of both the product and the marketing teams. So I think that that I would something I'd honestly strongly recommend to any product marketer who's thinking about org structure, because it can just really transform what you bring to conversations, because honestly, you hear this over and over again in product marketing, the way you get entree and more influence is you need to bring data. You need to have something yeah. to contribute and earn your seat at that table. So we're working together as a team with marketing customer insights, that entree is just a lot easier. But yeah, I mean, I think the the question of like, what do you look for in a product marketer? Like, that's a tricky one every time. And I don't know if this is the right answer, but something I've been looking for recently is that combination of like just cross-functional powerhouse with somebody who understands customers, has strong empathy, and also has an aspect of the strategic thinking skill set required for more of that upstream product marketing, working with products like well before launch. So I think those are three pillars that I try and vet with everybody that I speak to in interviews. I like those. Those are new ones too. I like that. I like that your org structure too. I had never heard of the kind of customer insights living within product marketing, but it definitely makes sense. I've always worked with like user researchers. They kind of set under like product typically, or sometimes under design, yeah. which is, I thought, you know, that's kind of an interesting role too, but yeah. it's been fun working with them, but I, I would love to have a dedicated resource. That would be a, absolutely amazing. Yeah. So like, good for you, man. <laughs> yeah. Try it out. Go make the, you know, the pitch tomorrow and, and see where it goes. It's, <laughs> it's a, a fun, different structure for sure to play with. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, too. It, it is too bad that headcount has already been doled out here for our team. <laughs> I I don't think I'm gonna get that one in 2021. But who knows in 2022 if I can make the case. But yeah. No. Love that. Love that. And then I want to kind of transition into thinking through your own journey as a product marketer, establishing product marketing. What are some of those thrills and some of those chills of your own career? I mean, that is the title yeah. of this podcast. 
Yeah. Honestly, both the thrill and the chill have been getting into management within the function of product marketing. I think the chill first is easier. It's like, how am I going to help somebody else <laughs> do this job? Like, it's really hard at times. It's a lot of fun, but it's challenging. And so helping somebody grow on that trajectory, I still remember opening my first role as a product marketer at Glassdoor and just being really vulnerable with my boss at the time and being like, you know, can, can I really do this? Like, what if I utterly fail this person? But asking for help, like working with your peers and mentors mentors and just always like putting the well-being and the interests of the people who work for you first. You can't go wrong as long as you, you know, come as like a good human first and that you have some experience in product marketing previous. And then the thrill, anytime that I see a person on my team really take a step forward in their career where they're exhibiting a skill that was really a reach for them beforehand, or they've established a degree of trust with a cross-functional stakeholder where, you know, all of a sudden it just opens up all these doors for the types of ways they can influence the direction of the company. Like it sometimes honestly like brings tears to my eyes in these meetings with my directs it is just the most rewarding part of working period for me. And I, I feel grateful every day that I get to work with people on my team like this. Yeah, it's like that like proud dad moment, right? Where you're just like, yeah, yeah the light bulb, it's there, it's clicking. Wow, you know? And yeah. so and like, it's definitely the a chill, fun, fun part. Yeah. For me, I realized also the, the chill is just overblown. Like everybody, regardless of company, of team, of discipline, has enormous potential and all the skills and, you know, innate capacity to succeed. Like you just kind of need to guide them and point them in the right direction. You don't need to do all of this yourself. And so if you, if you really just focus on like where people can grow and how to, to point them to that next step, I think you're often amazed by the leaps and bounds people can take in their careers. Yeah. And one thing I want to add to that, I know when I, when I first manage someone, I had a really hard time. One, I, I, I would say I'm kind of with you is like more of a chill for me. I was like, ah, oh, it was almost like, uh, I don't want to do this or like, I'll just yeah. do it myself. Or I, I didn't want to give up the work. Did you ever have yeah. that as yourself as a first time manager or were you, were you just better than me? You were just like ready to go. <laughs> oh no, man, that definitely resonates. And especially when you're perhaps just managing one person at first, because it just feels like the stakes are so high and yeah. all of the attention is focused on you and this one other person. So I definitely encountered that as well. And I think like everybody always says, you have to create the space for people to fail if you're going to manage people. But you also need to like, just be a little bit I realized for me, like more forgiving with myself and that it's okay for me to fail sometimes too. I don't think I thought that way at the moment when I was deep in the chill, yeah. <laughs> but with yeah. the benefit of hindsight and encountering those challenges again now, yeah, I think, I think that helps quite a bit. Nice. Yeah. Well, again, Greg, really enjoyed the conversation, learning a little bit more about establishing product marketing at Zapier, which is pronounced correctly. It is Zapier. Join me. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but thanks again. I, I really appreciate you guys. I, I hope everyone out there listening is going to take away some really good framework, some really, I think, uh, strategic ways of approaching that first year of establishing product marketing um, at any company. Honestly, it doesn't can be a startup all the way to a public company. I think the insights that Greg shared were really good. And 
Also, thanks for being a little bit vulnerable with us on those chills and thrills. Yeah, for sure. It was great getting the chance to meet you, JD. Thanks for having me on the show. And this topic of establishing product marketing is something I'm super passionate about. So anybody listening who maybe wants to chat about it, like reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'd be happy to connect. For sure. We'll make sure to include Greg's LinkedIn profile in the show notes, as well as his ShareBird profile. Go check out some of his AMAs. Thanks everyone. We'll see you next week. Salespeople want short, digestible insights. They don't want 17-page decks that are scattered across the web and who knows where. Clue makes it easy to create and deliver battle cards. In a pinch, sales teams can find them easily with all the insights they need on how to handle their competitors while working a deal. And with Clue, it's not just sales teams who want battle cards. The product team, customer success, and marketing, they all compete too. Now, everyone can compete to win. For any of you wondering how to put together a competitive enablement program or build battle cards that your sales team will love, head over to clue.com slash thrills. That's K-L-U-E dot com slash thrills. Tell them that I sent you and they'll set you up with a bunch of free resources that you can use to get started. Don't forget to subscribe as we'll be back next Thursday. And if you have any feedback on our episodes, things you liked, things you want to hear, anything else, please email podcast at sharebird.com. That's podcast plural at sharebird.com. This podcast is produced by Sharebird, the peer mentoring platform for product marketers. It's a place to discover on-demand resources to help you with product marketing. A special thanks to Alex for helping bring this show to life. Jolisha is our senior editor. Serbi is our master scheduler. Our podcast art was designed by Vika Karpitsky. Our music is by Joaquim Karud. And of course, Jason and Katie over at Clue. As always, thanks for listening. <laughs>